0: Welcome to the Digital Workplace Deep Dive. I'm your host, Weston Morris. I've got a question for you. How many hours did you spend in Zoom or Teams or, or WebEx or whatever your platform is of choice last week? If you're an average remote worker, you might be surprised if you tally up the numbers and see that almost 20% of your life is being consumed in UCNC tools, unified communication and collaboration tools. That might be more time than you spend sleeping or eating. Now, I want you to think about this. How was your experience? Do you have great video? Do you have great call quality? Did you use the virtual whiteboarding tools? Are you 100% sure that your meetings are secure? And as we move to a hybrid work environment, our use of unified communication and collaboration platforms like Zoom or Teams, it's not going away. But One thing is clear, they need to improve both in quality as well as security. So my goal in this episode of the Digital Workplace Deep Dive is to find out some of the pitfalls of using a UCNC platform in 2022. And I'd like to discover what I can do to secure and optimize my UCNC environment. And to help me on this quest, I've managed to corner Alan Shen, the CTO of Unify Square. Welcome to the show, Alan.
1: Hi, Weston, good to uh, chat with you again, as always.
0: It is great to have you on the show. Now, some might be wondering why we might even be talking about securing and optimizing a UCNC platform. I mean, after all, uh, you know, we did a bit of scrambling at the beginning of the pandemic. I think most of us figured out how to install Zoom or Teams or WebEx. We, we, you know, we followed the instructions on the side of the box and uh, we've been so somewhat successful in our online meetings. Now, Alan, you have seen literally hundreds of Zoom and Teams implementations from, you know, I'm gonna say from hundreds of seats all the way to like a quarter of a million seats or more. Is everyone having a great experience?
1: They are. I think we can just end this webinar right now, Weston. Let's go have a beer. No, no, I, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, no, you really hit the nail on the head. Um, you know, when the pandemic started, what we found is customers were scrambling just to get something working. And the bar for um, success was basically good enough is it working? So that you know they have some tool to use. And what we found that was interesting is that um, the the expectations of users also were carried down to the scenario. You know, if there were some poor conference calls or they, you know, some, some instability, they understood that we're in a you know once in a hundred year type scenario. Uh, so it really was about getting something working, throwing a bunch of users into Teams and Zoom meetings, and that was about it. What we find find now though is that Um, As uh, business starts to reopen, some offices are starting to expand and people are looking at sort of the post lockdown mode. Uh, Expectations are changing. Mm -hmm. People aren't all working from home anymore. Some people are in the office and there's now a plethora of collaboration data out in the cloud where enterprises are saying, hmm, I've sort of let this beast out into the wild. Now what I do?
0: Well, I I can relate 100%. I think our listeners can too. I mean, there's times when I've had a bad experience and it doesn't seem like anybody knows why. I mean, there's lots of finger pointing. Uh, I hear things like, oh, you're you're on a home network or, oh, uh, your son must be uh, downloading a video while you're in a meeting or um, I don't know what to say because it looks great on our end. (laughs) So, I mean, what's missing in this picture, Alan?
1: I think a lot of it has to do with uh, measurement and the data that comes behind it. You know, one interesting trend we're seeing is that for the exact same scenario and the exact same problem, when people are in the office, they actually will start to blame IT. And we all know the, the sort of the one bad apple effect on a meeting, right, a conference call. Uh, now imagine that some of your VIPs are back in the office and hear an audio issue. We're literally seeing them now locked Issues and complaints to IT because they now perceive this as an IT issue. Whereas at home, they're like, oh, this is my, my home network. Maybe it's my fault. It's going to be really important, especially as we move beyond the lockdown mode of collaboration, that enterprises really get a handle on measuring experience and being able to not only uh, react to it in terms of explaining when uh, somebody has a problem, we have to get to the point where we can even uh, predict a problem and stamp it out before it actually becomes a problem. Just to give a couple examples, um, there's a lot of users who are still using inadequate devices or underpowered PCs, overloaded PCs. If we can get those folks to resolve those situations before they join a meeting, that's just gonna make everyone's experience better.
0: I'm getting the sense, Alan, that under the hood, under the hood of this UCNC platform, there is probably a ton of data that's being collected Um, It just sounds like we're not using it. So can you tell us a little bit more about this data and then how it can be used to improve the experience?
1: Absolutely. And and I think when we look at collaboration, we sort of see it in two large buckets. One is the, you know, I sort of think of it as the real-time collaboration data. Think of your, your meetings where you're doing audio, video, and desktop sharing, that sort of thing. Um, you know, quality is a big factor in terms of experience, um, particularly when you have, you know, higher definition video uh, endpoints that will be in these conference rooms. Are the networks prepared for that, both in the enterprise as well as at home? Uh, so monitoring all that sort of quality data is could be very, very critical to, to build a good hybrid experience. But another part of collaboration is really the um, sort of the the file sharing and the chatting and the, you know, the the channel conversations, right? And for that topic is where we get into a lot of security concerns.
0: Can you think of some examples of some security problems that may exist in a, a UCNC platform? We think we've installed it perfectly. Like I said, we followed instructions on the side of the box, but there's really some underlying security problems that we really, now that, you know, we're coming out of the pandemic, hopefully, and looking at a hybrid workplace that we really should start taking care of.
1: You know, sometimes there's this, uh, I think, maybe traditional on-prem perspective of security where it's a binary thing. It's like, oh, is my network secure? You know, do I have anybody that's penetrated the network? You know, sort of a yes or no, castle and moat type model. What we're seeing in the new world of security is it's far more dynamic, uh, where you have uh, dynamic teams and channels and people inviting guests and what have you. And the, the notion of blind spots is critical. Um, there's many, many uh, collaboration teams where people don't even realize that an employee that might have left the company still has access to collaboration data. And you can imagine as these solutions keep getting more and more integrated and, 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 and complex, um, IT being able to stay on top of that is just a huge challenge. And, and frankly, there's, it's too dynamic for a human to be monitoring it as if it's a security breach. It just, it just won't work. Mm. So we're finding that having data and, and analytics on top of that data is so critical so that it can expose those blind spots, just as one example.
0: Well, that makes perfect sense, Alan. I mean, you, if you think about a lot of enterprises uh, struggle with even keeping track of the devices, you know, where's the laptop? You know, Joe left the company. Where's Joe's laptop? I don't know. Did he return it? Not sure. Or maybe it's uh, on the manager's uh, shelf and, and people don't even know what, what it's doing or what it's there. So if they're having trouble keeping track of the devices, it makes sense they'd be having these blind spots with, you know, software licenses relating to UCNC as well. Absolutely.
1: You know, another thing we're observing is with security, security sort of implies, are you secure or insecure? But in the new world, it's really shades of gray. And what we're finding is that uh, what may be the exact same scenario Maybe consider risk appropriate for one type of business or one division or one geography, but not in another. Um, you can even think about things like uh, Germany and uh, stricter requirements around uh, German labor laws. There actually might be a, a, an entirely different security posture you have to take to you know accommodate those labor laws compared to what you might have to do in South America. So that's one thing we are noticed that enterprises are are struggling and needing help with is you have this monolithic cloud, single cloud tenant that they migrated to, but they haven't yet mapped that technology to all the different aspects of their business globally.
0: Oh, I can see where you might need different uh, policies and uh, security settings for, for usage in your UCNC platform for not just different parts of the world, but maybe different or, different uh, uh, groups or organizations, sales versus HR versus finance and so on.
1: Exactly. That, that, that whole notion of governance and that security world, there's just so many shades of gray um, you know, we're looking at, you know, sort of security and governance much more from a business, uh, you know, consulting perspective now rather than technology consulting.
0: So I'm getting, I'm getting the idea, Alan, here that there's a ton of data here that we should be looking at. Um, and maybe I'm curious as to whether we need to be looking at different types of data, depending on the role. For example, uh, you've got remote workers working from home or, or maybe elsewhere, but let's say working from home. And then you've got other users now coming back into an office. Should I be looking at the same type of data for the home-based users versus those in the office?
1: There is, Obviously there's a whole different element around the networking in an enterprise where you have control of versus the networking of a home user. So for instance, um, we approach those two data sources dramatically different. We have data that of course is monitoring uh, you know, enterprise Wi-Fi networks, enterprise WAN networks. At the same time for the home users, we have data that's actually correlating what's the behavior of a regional ISP to see maybe there's a different ISP in the area that might serve us users in a given city better. That's an entirely different data set for a common scenario solution, right? Um, so I think that's one example where work from home and in the office are you know have very different data sources that feed into the same scenario. The other thing I think that it's worth observing is that as more and more things go into the cloud, the notion of from a collaboration standpoint of going into the office and being on a protected network is more and more going away. So from the collaboration sense, right? uh, You're basically always accessing from the internet. So in many ways, the model on collaboration is more oriented toward a uh, sort of a zero trust model where you have to assume that the network a user is accessing their data from, you can't trust the network, you can't necessarily trust the device, you can't trust the identity. Everything has to be validated up all the way into the cloud, whether or not they're connecting from the office or at home. So in that regard, we're moving a lot more into things like um, identity design, uh, device management design, and things like conditional access so that we don't have to draw these super, um, super draconian boundaries for a user uh, and let them have the right sandbox to collaborate in, even if they're outside the network.
0: You know, this this conversation is reminding me a bit of episode 28 of my podcast. There I interviewed Jim Callback. He's the, uh, the chief experience officer for a company called Mural. They, they provide a tool set that allows for visualization. So it's complementary to a UCNC platform. But one of the things that that he referred to is, uh, he made the statement, we not only need to be thinking about you know, new technology, of course, to be able to support collaboration and remote work and, and a hybrid workplace, not just the technology, but the process or the rituals or you know, how we conduct our meetings, how we, how we ensure inclusion. Huh? It just doesn't happen just because I've deployed the tool. So I'm curious, Alan, as you're thinking about all the data that you have access to as you monitor through uh, Unify Square uh, Power Suite, you're able to see what's going on with the UCNC platform. Does that give you insights not just into, you know, the security and the, you know, the, the, the usability that you you talked about? Does it also give some insight into uh, how people are using the platform and kind of give insights as to what type of training might be needed for, for those end users if they're not using it properly?
1: Absolutely. In, in fact, you know, adoption change management is actually one of the big um, the big challenges as enterprises, you know, do things like move from Skype for Business to Teams or Skype for Business to Zoom or between Teams and Zoom. Uh, you know, we were working on a project uh, in, in Hong Kong, actually, for a customer, and they had thought, oh, yeah, I deployed Teams meetings. Everyone must be using Teams. And we actually showed them some um, analytics that we built that said, hey, you know, 80% of your users... Yeah, you're using Teams for meetings, but 80% of your users are still using Skype for all of their chats. Uh And and the the CIO was absolutely floored at that and totally changed his approach and actually launched an adoption initiative where we, based on our custom reporting, actually targeted the laggard users. He wanted the named users where they could push and say, hey, we're about to move to Teams phone. But in order for that to work well, you need to really be on teams for chat and, and collab. Uh, and he did this targeted initiative for all the sort of uh, top users who are still on the old platform to make that whole phone transition go smoothly. So that, that, that data is so critical and, and really pairs in with the user adoption team to make sure that users feel the technology lands well.
0: So if I'm a business owner, or, you know, leading a business unit, and I have access to this insight, I could imagine where it would, you know, guide me uh, as to what type of training we need to roll out, what type of education is needed. Um, in my efforts to, there's a phrase you use often, experience parity, provide experience parity across all the, the users, regardless of where there are, uh, to even have, have insight, are, are my workers Enjoying experience parity, or is there a gap? You know between one location and the other.
1: Let me other. just dive into that. I think you you raise a, an excellent point there. Uh, experience parity in some ways wasn't a challenge during lockdown because we're all in the same boat, right? We're all <laughs> pretty much connecting from the same laptop, you know, headset and camera for a year and a quarter or so, right? As the offices reopen, you know, we're looking at correlating data between people who are joining meetings from in the office. And participants start joining still remote because that's where you start to have bigger challenges because people are not all joining from the same situation. You might have four people in a meeting room and four people working from home, two people maybe on the road or in a hotel. How do you collaborate well? That's actually more challenging than if we're all sitting at home. And so absolutely, we're looking at scenarios like that to try to measure the experience and even look at the kinds of modalities people are using and to see if the quality of experience and, and those those pattern dynamics are uh, what they're telling us.
0: And Alan, I know at Unified Square, you have been providing this PowerSuite technology to monitor your customers' UCNC platforms for like 10 years or more, you know, well before the pandemic, let's say. <laughs> uh, my, I guess what I'm wondering is, is for those that were using this to have access to the data and be able to look at it. Did it have a, a much of an impact as they went into the pandemic? And then I guess my follow-up question would be, do you expect that they will be uh, able to benefit from that data as, as, coming out of the pandemic and moving to a hybrid workplace?
1: We had a customer that had offices in, uh, in Africa where it's not necessarily, you know, uh, that all the service is going to have the comparable quality compared to, you know, mainland, large metropolitan cities. And based on our data, because PowerSuite actually monitors the quality from both platforms, our customer actually looked and said, wait a minute, this one office in Africa, the southern part of Africa, we're having a poor experience on Teams and Zoom. So the rest of the world was using Teams, very happy with it. For some reason, whatever their service connection was at the time, Teams wasn't doing well. So we showed them this data proactively, said, hey, you know, you kind of have a, a red spot here. And it looks like it's not because of anything related to you. It's just Teams isn't working that well for that geography. They use that data to tell them, please use Zoom because you're gonna have a better experience. And they did that. And that kept that business going with a better experience. I think it's a great example where if you look at experience first and look at technology as the enabler for the experience, that's where you really are at the next level and you really need that data to measure that. That's what we
0: did. I can see where having access to, to the data like this is really helpful in, in making intelligent decisions. I mean, I think back to when I was, my example earlier where I have a bad experience, I call the help desk and they say, well, you know, it's, it's probably on your end. Right, right. <laughs> Not too helpful, right? Here you can actually see where the problem is, even if it's a wireless connection or, or whatnot. Let's let's look ahead to the future, if you don't mind. I'll get your, uh, your forecasting tools out here. What type of data is coming in the UCNC space that, that we'll have access to? I mean, one thing I'm thinking of that comes to mind is you know Microsoft Viva, uh, the the expansion of you know almost like a wellness uh, capability inside of the Office 365 platform and in Teams. And I've gotta believe there's a ton more data there that is relating to the experience. Is that something that you predict we'll be able to make use of and and expand upon?
1: Right now, I think a lot of the data analytics. Are still sort of sort of split by components. Let's let's look at what Zoom meetings is telling us and Teams chat is telling us. But I think where a lot of power comes in the future, where I'm sort of steering some of our internal development teams to look at, is looking at the implications of data analytics cross data source. So, as an example, you know we, we as you know, Weston have a lot of customers that we manage. We have a lot of access to the ServiceNow ticket data that comes in. Where are users complaining? Well, it Seems very logical to look at. Uh, we're actually looking at some um, natural language processing of those ServiceNow tickets, and try to correlate that with data that we're coming in. That's coming in from Teams and Zoom, and and on the collapse side of 365. Can we start to correlate this? Where if people are complaining about one thing, we can observe a correlation on something else, and use that for you know predictive. Um, insights, or uh, you know, better fidelity of, of outcomes because we have multiple inputs. Uh, that 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 I think is going to be a really interesting fertile ground uh, to innovate
0: on. And I could see possibly where you know there's there's data that's fed to the end user. Uh, you know, like Viva's is saying, have you taken a break? Looks like you haven't had any one on one calls with your boss in the last month. You know, things like this that relate to that person, that individual's experience with the UCNC platform um, versus the data that the business might be more interested in, and looking at whole swaths of people, a whole department, a whole region, a whole country, um, are they using the technology? Is it, is it being used effectively? Is there a problem with a whole bunch of people you know, getting into the culture of, of answering emails after work and is that healthy for them? Um, I, I just have to believe that once you really understand the power of this data, and the insights that are possible, it's its game changing, both for the experience of the end user and for the business itself.
1: I think you're absolutely right. This notion of measuring productivity is, I think, a little bit of a double-edged sword because what we found during COVID is that end users were more productive just because they were frankly working longer hours, a stretched day. And that's led to a lot of burnout. And, and a lot of the, the whole great resignation movement we've seen is um, is around uh, you know, lack of respect of work boundaries. And I think that's going to be even more challenging as we get into the hybrid mode where you have some set of workers that maybe want to snap back to the nine-to-five model in the office on Tuesday through Thursday. Another set that want the flexibility of being able to you know, spend the afternoon with their kids and then work a few hours after dinner. So how do you collaborate when you have entirely different working styles uh, all on the same team? So I think that those sorts of things that you raise are going to be interesting challenges that that we'll have to poke the data and see what it's telling us.
0: Well, Alan, this was a, a very insightful discussion here today. Thank you for sharing your expertise. Thank you for your time today as well.
1: Uh, well, thanks for having me, Weston. Always happy to be on your show.
0: You've been listening to Alan Shen, CTO of Unify Square. In our episode today, I, I came into it hoping to find out some of the challenges, both with experience and security, that we might have with a platform where we're spending so much of our time in, these UCNC platforms, Zoom, Teams, WebEx, uh, others, and then to discover what we can do if we can tap into this data to provide better security and to optimize our environment as we go into 2022. And I believe that Alan delivered on both of those goals today. If you'd like to learn more about some of the technologies that uh, Alan has shared with us today, I'll be providing a link to the, in the show notes to some case studies, white papers on the subject. Uh, and Alan also just recently recorded a, uh, an episode on XLA-TV talking about the connection between experience and the data we can collect and monitor in our UCNC platforms. So that'll probably be coming out about the same time as this podcast. And I'll provide a link to XLA-TV in the show notes as well. You've been listening to the Digital Workplace Deep Dive. I'm your host, Weston Morris. Thanks for listening.